Hello and welcome to NFT. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy. I am joined by Crypto Poppy on this episode, and we're going to get into how the NFT space has really changed his life in a variety of ways. Um, we're going to talk about his entry point, his origin story into NFTs, as well as sort of you know how he views the process of selecting projects to get in, uh, invested in. Um, I think all in all, you'll find this episode to be an interesting one. Let's jump into it with Crypto Poppy. Here we go. Joining me on the MyMoment.com guest line, a guest that has um, we've been playing tag quite a bit to make this happen. So I am super excited to welcome Crypto Poppy on the program. Crypto Poppy, how are you? Hey, man, I am so good. I am just riding this incredible wave that we're on, and I'm so pumped to be on the show. Thank you so much for asking me. It's a pleasure to be here. Listen, you look good. There, It's an audio podcast, so people can't see, but there is an ear-to-ear smile um, that even if you had a mask on, I feel like people could see. Uh, you, you look happy. You look good. I'm really excited to get into this with you, but let's start where we start with everyone, which is how in the world did you end up in this weird NFT space? Like, what's your story in terms of your origin story into NFTs? Yeah, so, you know, my journey into NFTs started four years ago with crypto, and um, I found out about crypto through a friend, and uh, as soon as I I found out about crypto, I I could kind of see the... Uh, I, I, you know, it was nowhere near where it is today in terms of providing utility, but I could see its purpose and I could see where, where I think crypto was going to go. And, you know, at the time it was just a basic, uh, currency with a lot of, uh, crappy coins and fake white papers, but you could really see that there was a lot of innovation and a lot of things that were coming that nobody could even picture. In fact, four years ago, when I got into, into crypto, I, I really didn't realize that, the thing I would be passionate about now were JPEGs built on crypto. So it's kind of crazy how that journey started. And, you know, just being interested in blockchain, the technology and doing my research. And then I started trading crypto for quite a while as a hobby just for fun and had some success in that. That this year in January, I finally decided to, especially because of COVID, like we we all have a lot of more time on our hands. So I'm not yeah. driving back and forth and So I said, you know what, I'm just going to go to YouTube and I'm going to start talking about crypto. And I don't really care if one person listens or 10 people listen because it's a pure hobby of mine. And I just love it and I'm passionate about it. And through that, um, you know, just being in the community more, getting on Twitter, uh, I started hearing about NFTs and in particular started hearing about NBA Top Shot. And, you know, that was it. I think I created my account February 27th on February Top Shot and it was game over for me at that point. I knew I was all in. I didn't realize I was buying the top, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Uh, I still understood the purpose of what NBA Top Shot was trying to do, the fact that it was built on crypto, the fact that I love sports and I have a, uh, I just uh, have a passion for collectibles too. It just kind of brought all those things together. And I started to make investments in NBA Top Shot and, and talk about NBA Top Shot itself. And from there, I transitioned naturally into JPEGs. Uh, I was just looking for what else is there? What else is providing utility? What else is going to change the world? And yeah, and, and that's kind of, you know, by March, I'd say mid-March, I had a MetaMask account and I was just going all in on all sorts of NFTs. 
It's a crazy path. So you mentioned that you're a big sports fan. Let's do the uh, like Justin Fields, the Ohio State University. What what are your teams that you represent, Crypto Poppy? Who, who do you love? Hey man, I am proudly from Toronto. I was I was born in South America, but I've been in Toronto for you know uh, thirty years now. And I am proud to say that I am a Raptors fan, a Maple Leafs fan, a Toronto FC fan. And I just, I basically just stick to my Toronto teams. And of course, a massive Toronto Blue Jays fan as well. Oh, it's funny. I was with my friend last night. He's from Toronto, uh, the one I was visiting in Abu Dhabi. And we were watching the Kawhi Leonard laugh. Have you seen that that meme where he's at his introductory Raptors press conference and a reporter asks him a question and he has this like, <laughs> oh yeah oh, really that went strange... completely completely viral here oh in my god we, we we were we were watching that over and over again laughing hysterically so yeah you're a raptors guy that's great um okay so well it's, you... it's it was great it's not so great <clears throat> these days <laughs> listen uh, i'm a bulls fan and i got the jordan era so i'm always grateful for that and i've paid for it ever since so i understand man you'll the Phoenix will rise again. You guys will yeah. get, get back to the promised land. So, you know, you entered Top Shot right when I entered Top Shot. It was end of February for me is when I, I think Seeing Stars was my first pack. Uh, what, you know, a lot of people were in Top Shot in late February, but never made the jump over to like the broader NFT for whatever reason. Do you think you're crypto background really helped make that transition easier for you when you made that jump? Was that part of it, you think? I I definitely do. Um, I think that, um, you know, it, it, I could totally see, right, like if somebody's completely passionate about basketball and their way into Top Shot was their passion for the sport and maybe their passion for sports collectibles, I could see, right, how you would go into NBA Top Shot and then all of a sudden people are buying pictures of apes and how you wouldn't make that transition I, I actually don't blame anybody for doing that but my path was different in terms of you know my path to top shot was crypto where i'm accustomed to there's lots of coins and lots of options and lots of things that go up and down and i don't quite frankly i'm not really loyal to anything at all when it comes to investments if i see something that is an opportunity. I'll invest in it. I am not a maxi of any sort. You know, some people call themselves crypto maxis or BTC maxis or NFT maxis. I just kind of go where 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 I think the opportunities are. So for me, it was probably much easier to make the transition. Now I'll tell you a little story too. As a massive soccer fan, it's actually the sport that I watch the most. I I you know I went into so rare, and I didn't make the same investment. Uh, you know, I, I if somebody's in Sorare, then awesome. I hope you do really well. But, you know, it just didn't give me the same appeal. So yeah. I stayed out of that one. And instead, I ended up buying JPEGs. Can we go back in time to, you know, 2017, 2018, the ICO push? Everyone's got their initial coin offering going on. And, you know, um, yeah, blank coins, I'll say, because I, I have a curse-free pod as much as possible, you know, are abound. What was your perspective on where crypto was during that time? Because, you know, there's a lot, I think, of parallels that you can draw between the ICO movement and crypto back then into this sort of boom of NFTs now. So what was your perspective on crypto at that point in time as you were experiencing all that? I was, to your point, 
I'm a blockchain purist more than a crypto guy that I was an educator. I still am an educator. I'm a school principal and I was teaching kids about blockchain technology. That's that was my way in. So what were you thinking during that 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 crypto boom of, of 2017, 2018? Uh, what was your perspective? Yeah, you know, like you say, man, there are so many similarities like, uh, you know, for example, for me, the my portfolio back then looked a lot like, for example, 50% Bitcoin, uh, which I thought was, you know, would eventually stabilize. And I hope it still does someday just just stabilize and stop pumping and dumping because its purpose is to be a currency and for it to be a currency, then I, I, I do believe that it needs to become a lot more stable and less volatile. So I've always I was always into Bitcoin. I was always into Ethereum because of the promise of, of where Ethereum was going to go, not because of anything tangible. I could see, but it definitely looked to be the most legitimate uh, blank coin uh, around at the time. <laughs> and then the other 20%, I knew that I was straight up gambling with. And I would find a new coin pretty much every day with a white paper of a promise of we're going to build, you know, I don't know, we're going to fix shipping and logisticals and we're going to do farm to table and you're going to be able to track the steak that you eat uh, and where it came from. Like there were so many crazy ideas that, you know, very similar to the NFT space right now where you just know, hey, 99% of these are not going to work out, but I'm going to take this ride with an amount of money that I can afford to lose. And, you know, and I and I recognize that many of these won't be around three years from now. So based let's have some fun based off your description of your BTC slash ETH slash everything else philosophy that you were sort of investing in. Right. With with uh, crypto at the time. Let's what is the NFT equivalent of those, in your opinion? So let's go there. Let's say, you know, you said 50 percent invested in, in BTC. In your opinion, what is the equivalent of BTC in the NFT space if you were doing the same sort it's, of investing? It's such a great question. And I am proud to say that I think it's Top Shot and Apes. Like yep. for me, first of all, Apes have changed my life. And oh, oh wait, hold on. Hashtag not not financial advice. Let's make sure we drop it in uh, right. just so we don't get any crap later. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, Apes were the more volatile investment uh i did not know apes were what i consider now ethereum uh at the time i i was just investing in a bunch of different stuff and now i do firmly believe that the apes and the punks i mean you can put the the absolutely oh, yeah. you can put the punks up there so uh you know those blue chip nfts i would categorize together and in fact apes and punks move seem to move together very very correlated so yeah. but for me nba top shot is still the bitcoin because I still think NBA Top Shot is the product that transcends crypto into everybody. real life. Yeah, yes, into everybody. everybody can get into that with a debit card, right? It, that, that is Absolutely. what's crazy. So, um, okay, so we're going to say the BTC equivalent is is Top Shot and Apes. Um, well, let's move to the other 20% of that. Like, Can you talk about some of the projects that maybe you weren't sure about, but you're like, ah, let me gamble a little bit on this one. I think there might be some upside here. Talk about some of those uh, both. I mean, let's talk about the the trials and the tribulation, some of the successes and some of the ones that, you know, you thought were going to hit and it just didn't quite happen. 
Yeah, look, if you want me to be honest, that I go through that process about three to five times a day. <laughs> Literally, that's how many projects come out. And three to five times a day, I'm making a decision. I'm going to gamble a little bit here or I'm not. Uh, so there isn't anything right now that isn't Top Shot, Punks, Apes that I don't consider a, a complete gamble. gamble. Yeah. And, and it's a daily basis. And so, you know, I do find that I'm, I'm scalping a lot, uh, because quite frankly, I, the way I approach the market is that other than those that I mentioned, uh, I just assume in my head that they're all going to go to zero tomorrow and they may very well not. And that's okay. And they very, they, they may. And they may. Yeah, exactly. And I'd rather sort of my process is mint a project or invest in a project when it's down really hard and invest in it at that point. And if I start to see profits, I start to average out. Now, on some projects, I average out completely because I don't believe in them and I think they're a pure pump and dumb and pure pump and dumb and they're done. And other projects, I actually, you know, will keep a bag and depending on how much I believe in the project and I'll keep a larger bag. Now, be you know i i should say there are projects that i am super passionate about where i have not taken profits and so that's probably these are probably the projects that are the answer to your question and some of those examples are chicken derby so if anybody follows me on twitter i always say i buy chicken a day and i'm super super passionate about play to earn and the future that play to earn has in the space and i think chicken derby just has a, a ton of potential recognizing that we could all still get rugged. So who the yeah. heck knows? The game doesn't exist. People are paying too much money for chickens right now for a game that literally doesn't exist. But if there's one I'm willing to gamble on and gamble on hard, it's that one. And uh, another one is Guild of Guardians. Like I, I bought Guild of Guardians months ago, knowing that I wouldn't get an NFT that I could trade. Now we can trade NFTs and I have zero interest in selling any of mine. So those games that have utility and that have long-term promise, I'm not really scalping and I'm not really looking to take profits just yet. All right, Crypto Poppy. When you're looking at day trading these and as an investor, you're, you're looking to be successful. What percentage of this is art and what percentage of this is science? Meaning like how much of it is just feel and how much of it is, you know, reading research or checking Twitter or seeing who the dev team, like what's the balance for you personally when you're looking at these things in terms of how you view investing? Yeah, that's a really good question. So my first, the first thing I look at is the art. It's it's the first impression. The aesthetic, right? right? The, yeah. the aesthetics of it. And it doesn't have to be super crazy detailed uh, and it can be very simplistic. So it's not necessarily the detail. It's more of like, what did what did these uh, creators intend to deliver? And did they actually deliver that? Uh, you know, like I think the pudgy penguins aren't the most uh, detailed art, but they're super cute. And I recognize that when they were at 0.01, everybody was dumping them. I'm like, why are people dumping these really cute penguins? So... That's kind of my first thing. So there are definitely projects that I get turned off within. I make a decision within two minutes. I look at the art and I'm, I never look at it again. So um, if, if there's a project that you think has upside, like financially, but the art turns you off, what, what's your approach in that situation? 
I can't do it. I, I personally, yeah. for some reason, I just can't bring myself to invest in it. So, so if you don't like the way it looks in your wallet, yeah, there's just no chance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. And look, there's projects that have, that I've been, you could say wrong. It's not really being wrong. It's just, it doesn't appeal to me um, that I have literally gone to the moon and I'm not going to, uh, I don't like really crapping on other projects, but I don't like the art and I don't, I just let it go. I don't, I don't really pay any attention to it. Can we get an official take from you on Mutant Ape Yacht Club? You know, was there too much supply created, right amount? What's your sort of take on that at this point? I, you know, so, some people are going to call me a moon boy, but I, I absolutely love the art. Uh, I think, I think the art can be a little bit polarizing because if you, don't zoom in on the art. If you're looking at it from far away, then it it can look like just like spaghetti on a wall. Um, when you when you look at the art closely, there's just an insane amount of detail on some of these mutants. Uh, so for me, I really love the idea that there were now new apes, twenty thousand of them, that people were going to be able to. I have look. I have a ton of new friends coming into the space right now, saying, "I can't believe I didn't listen to you when you bought apes." Uh -huh. And now I'm saying, well, here's your opportunity because mutants are, at, you know, maybe five ETH, and I'm not sure that they'll go lower. Not financial advice, of course, uh, but it's your chance. It's your shot. Imagine apes were at five ETH. Uh, this is your opportunity. So I love, I love that they created sort of that that space for people to come in and invest in it. And I like the reception so far that the apes, as as far as I've seen, aren't being too snobby. Like, oh, you're a mutant. You're not an ape. You're not part of the community. Like. Uh, you know, a good friend of mine, NFT God, we traded last night a chicken for a mutant. And I was so pumped that he finally got to get back into BAYC through the mutant. So for me, I see absolutely no issues with it. And I think this space is still so early that for me, this is a blue chip stock. So in the future, 30,000 of this is going to be nothing. I feel like you can also draw the same parallels to Top Shot Mints with a common moment of 40,000 right now. Seems like a lot, but... Five years from now, you know, a common moment could be 400,000, could be 4 million. And now the scarcity of those moments goes through the roof as well. So, no, I think that's a really, a really brilliant point. I mean, let's not bury the lead here, Crypto Poppy, which is your life has changed uh, in a tremendous amount of ways through NFTs. And, you know, you, you made a tweet that you had hit a certain threshold, a certain level of achievement with your collection. Uh, I, I think it was a week ago, maybe. So a week, yeah. a week and a half ago. But you, how has your life changed through investing in NFTs and becoming a part of these, you know, this space in these communities? Oh, man, my life has completely been turned upside down, sideways in, in, in really good ways. Um, so, you know, when I made, and I didn't tell this part of the story, but when Bitcoin hit 50K last time, somewhere in around March, that's when I started to take all of my crypto and move it into NFTs because I believed that they would be on a different cycle than crypto. And I felt that crypto was overextended at the time. And, you know, if let's say, for example, if I kept, kept my funds in BTC, Crazy enough, today we're at 50K BTC. So I would literally be where I was three months ago if I didn't sell my crypto for NFTs. Where I am today by having made that decision is that I am literally walking away from a 27-year career that I built in IT 
that I, I was super passionate about. I loved being in technology. It's part of why uh, crypto resonated with me. And I'm, I'm at the point where I've amassed enough funds that I can actually walk away from that career and step into what I'm now super passionate about, which is I want to spend the rest of my life with NFTs and creating and uh, taking, you know, uh, artists, in particular artists that maybe are not discovered, photographers, and bringing them into the space and showing them how NFTs can basically also change their life. So for me, my my entire family is is going through a crazy transition right now, and I'm super, I'm 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 excited, I'm scared, I'm nervous, I'm all of the emotions you can imagine right now. Uh, that's a. Uh... You know, we're seeing more and more people saying, and I quote, I'm going to be doing NFTs full time. And I never quite know what that means, depending on the person who's who's writing the tweet. You know, like, are you uh, an influencer who's going to be like on the creative side of getting projects off the ground? Are you a day trader? You know what your angle is. But the fact that you can be in a position to spend the majority of your time doing something that you're passionate about is really the ultimate sign of wealth. Like that, my actual definition of wealth is spending your time doing what you want to do. The more of that you can do, the wealthier you are. And I mean, I can't, I got to believe that's an incredible feeling. You mentioned there's a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety around like a big change like that. I mean, you're talking about a full, full career that you've had in IT and now leaving the sort of predictability and safety and comfort of that to this literally unknown you know, exponentially growing space, you know, how have you sort of processed that and dealt with that? And, and you know, I'm sure your family, your wife, like what's sort of been the team approach to to making that decision? Because that obviously was a decision I'm sure you made on your own. What, what was that been like for you? Yeah, the I think the best part about this move is that most people in my life, including my my wife, gets it. But she still looks at, you know, I know they can't see that I'm wearing my ape shirt, but she still looks at my ape and says, I can't believe that thing is worth who knows half a million dollars. Uh, so so uh, but the support that I've gotten from my close, my best friends, my family, my wife uh, has been incredible. I would not be able to make this decision on my own because it isn't a decision that I can you know make on my own. And it's just a. Just the way they've reacted to it, where all of them have said, you've basically never failed at anything that you've had this much passion about. So why would we doubt you now? Maybe we maybe we don't understand the, why people are spending that kind of money on JPEGs, but we certainly see your passion for it. So go do it. And that's been game changing for me. And then the fact that the investment side has put me in a position where I've given myself uh, probably a couple of years of like literally not having to make a dollar uh, has given me, you know, at least I can rest and know that, well, I'd have to really screw this up if I can't raise any funds. Uh, you know, imagine, because I, I, I do, I imagine tomorrow is the start of NFT winter and bear market and it all goes to heck and my account goes to zero. Well, I still have a two-year runway now that I've given myself to be super passionate, uh, to share with everybody, like to the point where I, I'm going to have daily shows. I'm going to be on Twitter all day. And I actually still don't know where this is going to take me. But I actually feel that six months from now, I'm going to be shocked at 
you know, where I actually was able to grow this brand and, you know, where I was able to go and what I was able to achieve. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty amazing situation to be in and one that I I think is not, it's, it's becoming uh, less rare. Like you're seeing more and more people being able to pursue this full time or or pay off their student loans or pay off their mortgage from this. And I, I guess that takes me to sort of uh, my, my next question for you, which is we all believe, I think in some respects that what Top Shot encountered in March and April, some people say it was oversupply. I can kind of understand that they kept doing the weekly packs and maybe that was a contribu you know, contribution to that. I don't know, but like, you know, NFT winter, do, do you think that that that's like an imminent thing or do you think that because part of me says why does it have to happen if a we have so many so few people in the space right now right so we're saying that there's an over supply of projects happening but the soon as soon as it becomes mainstream and it becomes where bitcoin was four years ago right and everyone's trying to get in and everyone's aping into nfts I mean, why does there have to be a winter at all, I guess? Yeah, I guess I just come from the mindset that anything that goes up this fast, this hard must come You're down. subscribing to Newton's law more than uh, than anything else. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and it tends to be a snowball effect, right? Where everything right now, we seem to be in a euphoric state. And a lot of people, yeah, you're seeing, uh, I, I, it almost feels like two people a day I'm seeing quit their job and their career on Twitter, uh, pay off their mortgage, everything you just talked about. And, and this feels to me, having traded crypto for a long time, it does feel to me like we are in a euphoric state. And that typically marks, you know, somewhere near the top of a market. I'm not trying to predict when this top is gonna you know happen, uh, but I am. I'd rather prepare myself if that situation does happen. So the moves that I make today, like moving my profile picture uh, gains into utility of the future, I'm I'm I know that there will be another wave up, and I'm not convinced that it's gonna be more profile pictures forever. I do believe play to earn has that potential and. Problem I is, video, right? I think video is another one where we really haven't scratched the surface of video NFTs, music NFTs. Oh, yeah. Um, music. And, and, like, look at what Spotty did. Like, yeah. unbelievable. Yep. It's incredible. So I think there is still a lot of ground that is uncharted still. Um, uh, uncharted, I should say. And, and there's still a lot of opportunity for things to, to still boom. Can we talk Top Shot a little bit before we wrap up here? Yeah. And I'm course. just curious, is, is what was your perspective on the the top shot winter that happened in in march and april like what was your sort of whole belief about everything that happened in terms of that market shrink and um where the market is now and sort of what your sort of long-term view on top shot is yeah look um i mean again if people follow me on twitter they'll know that i was pretty positive during the downfall, the way that uh, I look, let's not call it a downfall, but uh, during the dump <laughs> and the way that I approach the market is um, uh, the way I approach any market that I'm passionate about is average in, take your time, 
I probably didn't take my time as much as I should have because I just love Top Shot. So I wish I didn't like the product. If, if it was a crap coin from 2017, I would have taken my time a lot more. Uh, but it's very different when you're in Top Shot and you really actually enjoy collecting, right? Uh, but I, it, it's that snowball effect of like all of a sudden things start going down and the opposite happens where nobody's willing to spend money on it because that's the hardest time to spend money on it. When something is down 80, 90%, you convince yourself this thing is going to zero, but that's actually the best time to be buying. See, it's funny you should say that because I just believe that Top Shot's too big to fail. So, the you know, and, and I will be the first to tell you, financially, everyone who knows who listens to this, I always say I don't mint over 0.02. I just don't believe in it. I'm, I'm financially... Um, I would not say I'm an aggressive human being. I'm very much risk averse because I don't want the stress of worrying about it. Like the, the opportunity of a gain isn't worth the stress of the fear of losing it to me. So for me, I love Top Shot because I believe in it long term. So when it shrunk, I, I did all of Seeing Stars. I finished the whole yeah. set. Me I, too. Me too. Yeah. And, 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 and that was a massive thing for me just because I just... I'm like, there's no way that it can stay this way. And and I agree. It was the perfect time to buy. And, you know, I, I've had really great gains on those things for now. So as Top Shot moves into Series 3, kind of what, what's your take on what you expect and what you're hoping for maybe um, with this next series? Look, I would be surprised if between now and when the season starts, if we don't see uh, more hype, um, more passion towards Top Shot, more people like like me who have made gains in profile pictures looking to put their funds back into back in. what they believe in long term. I already did. I bought you know my dream moment, uh, the LeBron James um, uh, Kobe tribute dunk. Uh, I, I bought it a couple of, well, maybe a week ago, actually. And so I'm starting to do that. My next one is going to be the LeBron James uh, Top Shot debut. Which, you know, I, 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 just, I just don't see, uh, and of course this is a financial advice, but I don't see how we don't see another very positive run in Top Shot with a whole whack of new users that come in, potentially between now and, and basically the start of the season. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm long-term super bullish. And, and you're, you know... I think that you raise a point that is something that I very much subscribe to, which is collect what you like. And I like the Top Shot product too. I like the moment. I like basketball. I'm a huge Bulls fan. I like collecting the team, like making sure I have my team sets. I still need the Jimmy Butler running back, but one day I will I will make that purchase. But I, I, I enjoy the product. And similarly for me, I tend to, on the NFT side, it's the aesthetic first, exactly what you said. Like the art's got to be clean. I have to like it in my my wallet. But I, I think I'm, I'm just sort of like interested in, I'm never really thinking, for me, I'm not thinking about it 10Xing because I'm never going to buy something that big. The most expensive entity I bought was a Wanderer. I just bought for point. Oh, nice. I, nice. I, I like I, those. I flipped some uh, uh, fame ladies that I had been holding on to. Uh, and so I got into that. But, you know, I, I just... If it goes to zero, it goes to zero. But I, I just like what I like, and it, it's it's typically always about the aesthetic. And I want to actually ask, have this be my last question for you, Crypto Poppy, which is like, okay, we've talked about the art a lot in this thirty minutes and forty five seconds. 
what is your take on the role of utility within these projects? Is it over? Is it overrated, overhyped? Like, is the art enough in some of these instances? You know, with some of these PFP projects, or do you think that like utility has to be a major focus for every project creator? Yeah, if I, if it depends on on my investment approach for that particular project. So, you know, like I said, the chickens, the 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 ones that I uh, Zed, of course, like the ones that I see long term utility in. I'm willing to invest in and leave it there. And I'm not even looking at the value because I'm not interested in selling it. Now, when it comes to pretty much everything else, I think 90% of the projects that are promising utility right now will not deliver on their utility. They won't even come close. This is what I just told my buddies who are all getting in right now, who are buying profile pictures. um, Basically, it's like the new thing is we're going to promise a game. Right. And all it is a profile picture. And then in the last thing of the roadmap, they say, oh, we'll have a game. Yeah, sure. And so what I tell all of them is imagine that you are selling concert tickets and you had access to these concert tickets really cheap. And you're not going to the concert, my man, because there might not even be a concert. And so for you, your job is to make sure that you take your profits and in fact, get out if um, it depending on the project. And don't worry about attending the concert because it's very likely many of these will not even deliver. Yeah, that's it. So and it almost takes you back to the beginning of what you said, which is if you like the art and you believe in the art, you really can't lose. Like if you really like having it in your possession, you know, all the utility that that could go any sort of way. But the art is what it is. You know, that doesn't change. Uh, yeah. At least not in yeah. most. Most of these are static. Right. That's a great point. Listen, Crypto Bobby, I'm really grateful that you came on. I'm really happy for you. And again, the, the smile that you that you've been bringing for the past 32 minutes, like you can tell, you know, how excited and how happy you are. And I wish you the best of luck on this new endeavor. And uh, let's have you back on in a couple months and just talk about what life has been like since, you know, uh, and give the audience an update because I know we're all rooting for you. And we're all happy for your success. And uh, thanks for being a good member of the community offering positivity and uh and being a good a good person to have around in the uh twitter sphere we appreciate you thank you man i am so so pumped that i get to talk about this and i cannot wait to start doing this full time and and uh i wish you guys all the best of luck too i mean i'm seeing your brand you know start to grow very fast as well and it sounds like uh you guys are definitely going to be a huge staple of uh, the NBA Top Shot and the NFT community moving forward. So uh, let's enjoy this ride together and see where it takes us. Who knows where the hell it's going, but let's buckle up and uh, and see what happens. Crypto Poppy, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll definitely have you on again in the future. Thanks, man. Take care. Well, there you have it. I want to give a huge thanks to my guest, Crypto Poppy, for joining the podcast, as well as highlight some upcoming episodes we have coming to you from Packrip Media. Uh, of course, here for the moments, uh, have their release that needs to get out to you. That's going to get dropped, as well as the uh, upcoming episodes of NFT each with The Art of Yasmin uh, and Dream Shaker. So don't go anywhere. Get ready for some great episodes coming your way. And we will be back to you with more NFT and more Pack Rip Media soon. Peace.